Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero, where I come to you from my studio each and every week in Dallas, Texas. Today, I have my new friend, Justin Wood, with me. How you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good, man. So here's how it happens. Justin and I are friends on social. I think, actually, we connected through Jamie Waite, probably, right? Uh, Mutual friends, yes. Uh, A couple years ago, I started looking for anybody that hustles <laughs> just did, uh, show me something you know I, I got tired of the bs on on social media i was like you know i, I want to learn from somebody somebody show me how to become a millionaire somebody for real and not try to sell me a program yeah and jamie waits definitely one of those yeah. individuals you are as well i appreciate um, that but i think it, it definitely started on facebook uh, me following you because uh just i'm looking for people that are real yeah well, I appreciate all those things, but what really connected me to you was how you began to show your journey and your journey in the trucking industry, which is what we finance. So I began to watch you and say, well, this is kind of really interesting. This is a guy who looks at our industry of trucking um, with a different mindset than most of the people in trucking, right? This is a guy who's taking Cardone principles and weight principles, maybe my principles, whatever, and he's putting it into place um, in our industry. And that means I should pay attention to you. And long story short, he happens to be in Dallas for work, sent me a note yesterday and said, Hey, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be eight miles down the road. Let's get together. And that's why we're doing it. So whatever it takes, man, because I love it, man. I've been wanting to meet you for some time, but I, I, I do have to drive (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. But what's beautiful is in our world, we want experts. And so we asked Justin to come on in and talk to the group this morning. He was great. Awesome information. Thank you for that. Telling it from a boots on the ground standpoint of what our customers are seeing in the marketplace. I'd like to expand on it a little bit, man, because I think our audience needs to really understand how important transportation is in, in everyone's life, right? Um, I suppose the percentages vary a little bit, but roughly 80% of everything that someone listening to this podcast has is brought on a truck. Absolutely. It's the, it's the ultimate infrastructure of America. And unfortunately, for most of my 25 career, nobody cared about it except for us, right? It was yeah. a sliver of a niche of a niche of a niche. And guess what? Elon Musk builds an electric truck. Budweiser runs beer in an autonomous truck in Nevada, and now all of a sudden trucking's starting to get a little sexy, man. I kind of like the sound yeah, of that. It's starting to get some attention. Um, it remains to be seen whether it's good attention or bad attention, but I think as a whole for fleet owners and owner-operators out there, if you're not paying attention to this, you're looking at the wrong things. Um, you got to be paying attention to what's going on with the technology in the marketplace. The newer trucks are crushing it. Mm-hmm. Fuel economy, maintenance costs. Um, the newer trucks, you don't have to get the oil change as much. Yeah, driver happiness. Yes, comfort Color. levels of the newer trucks mm-hmm. versus. I mean, how do you, you think a driver is going to be more happy in a truck that makes them go deaf by the time they're forty? Yeah, because it's so loud or hurts their back. Yeah. You know, bad seat, bad, you know, the noise level, yep. not being able to turn as good, you know, the, the maneuverability of mm-hmm. the equipment. Um, all those things are aspects, and, and the insurance companies look at that, too, mm. as a risk factor. If a truck's really old, good luck getting it insured for a decent rate or mm-hmm. even getting financing on something like that. Yeah, it is. It's a big deal. Um, I think what's interesting, again, for the audience is to really begin to understand that, 
what's happening in trucking can happen in any industry. And just because it's been this way has no decision of how it stays or predictor of how it stays. And here's the primary reason. Everyone who has big money is looking for new problems to solve. And a lot of problems have already been solved. I'll give you an example. Like this idea of moms being real busy and they don't want to cook for their kids and stuff. It's called McDonald's or Wendy's or Burger King or Jack in the Box, right? Fixed. Yeah. Quick meals, fixed. Band-Aid. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. I'll go with you on that, totally. But nevertheless, the money found the problem and they fixed it through shitty food. Yeah. The same thing has happened in coffee, right? Not about people wanting coffee, but the desire to build some form of a community where people can brag about a green logo on a white cup. That problem's fixed. A lot of big problems. Even if you look at the smartphone, that problem's kind of fixed. Like, who can't really care? I mean, the next version isn't that much better than the last version, but the first was outrageous, right? Yeah. Game changer stuff. Yeah. So I bring it back to trucking. Nobody cared about it, but yet there was this constant problem that always existed in it. I felt it every day. You felt it in your career. Everyone in trucking did, and it's how do we get more drivers. I'm not buying into the driver shortage thing. I'm talking right. about driver retention thing, right? right? 100% turnover, very common in the trucking I industry. I think it is the number one problem for a bit for a fleet owner in this industry is drivers. I have guys come to me all the time. Man, I see you're doing well. How do you get your drivers? How do you get your drivers? Uh, I don't know what to tell you, but I just I'm transparent. Yeah. I don't lie to my the people that are are prospecting to come work for me fair and I'm honest. If you can't be those things, then I don't know what to, I can't help you. Yeah. Which is, we have to touch on what you just said, because it's such a, a thing. And you'll, hopefully you'll share that data point of, of your driver turnover rate versus what yeah. most are. The industry has pretty much a hundred percent driver turnover rate annually. Sometimes more because the driver will come back and then leave again. Totally. <laughs> so, so here's what's happening though, right? That problem has not gone away. In the 25 years that I've been in business, it has not gone away. And now it's become such a big deal that the big thinkers and the big money who have solved other problems, whether it's Elon Musk solving PayPal or Elon Musk solving solar or Elon Musk solving space, Elon Musk says big problem in trucking, whether it's through fossil fuel burns or through technology – we're going to build an electric truck and shake up the world. Now, whether or not it comes out in the next 12 months, I don't know. Yeah. Right? Whether it is priced accordingly, whether it has the range, it doesn't matter. He was early and early got the attention. The attention opened up the can of worms, and now the money is going to flow. And in trucking, it's going to flow. And how do we solve this driver problem? And I am totally convinced that there will be self-driving trucks on certain lanes, easy open highway lanes, not tight inner city stuff. Um, at some point, you know, I agree. Uh, it 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 the problem is too great that the money won't find the technology to fix it. And now trucking is on the radar of the big money. The big players in this industry, um, they get a bad rap. You know, everybody calls them the mega carriers. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. Know? When mega really, fleets, mega fleets. Yeah, you know they 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 complain about it, but when you really look at the big picture, they're really less than like six percent of the marketplace. 
What do you mean by that? You mean that the mega fleets, fleet size represents only 6%. The rest is... All of them combined. All of the large carriers, anything above like 50 trucks. Wow. It's not even the majority of the marketplace. It means 94% are made up of owner-operators. Small fleets like my size or, or less. Once you get above five trucks, you're basically in the top 10%. Amazing. Wow. I didn't even realize that. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So so let's get into, because if anyone's, look, I just had a dominatrix on the podcast, right? And someone texted me and said, that was the most unbelievable way that how you connected being a dominatrix to just business principles, right? And I was just, just running for my life, dude, on that podcast. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, I didn't set that podcast up. My staff set it up. I didn't know where to, I didn't know, was she going <laughs> to take me in a dungeon with her? I didn't know what was happening, man. But I was just trying to make the connection back and forth. And I want to do the same thing today because Here's the deal. If people are ta- listening to this, thinking about transportation, they're missing the picture of today. The picture of today is fundamentals win, blocking, tackling, chopping wood. But yet, out of nowhere, something who, that wasn't of interest can become interesting. It can be interesting to regulation. It can be interesting to terrorists. It can be interesting to the international competitors. And they can come in and kick your ass in no time. And so the point is, how do we get people to understand that we're talking trucking here, but really we're talking business? Business. Yeah, yep. absolutely. It's all, at the end of the day, it's all about cash flow mm-hmm. for big business or small business. Whether that person wants to try to take a more high ground and say it isn't about cash flow, it's about cash flow. Yeah. Even conscious capitalism talks about that. They say you can't be conscious unless you've got capital, yeah. right? You have to make the money first before you can go save the world. And I, and I, I really... This is probably off topic, but it's a lot of people are always saying money won't buy happiness. And I'm starting to disagree mm-hmm. because when my fleet's doing well, you're happier. And I see my drivers getting paid yeah. and their families are getting fed and my family's getting fed, we're pretty dang happy. Yep. <laughs> so real. I disagree. That's real, man. That is real. Yeah. The struggle don't buy happiness either. It definitely doesn't. <laughs> right. It causes sleepless nights. It causes us time away from our kids. It causes all that nightmare. Anxiety. Anxiety is huge. Attacks, totally. Hair loss. <laughs> Dude, bad habits, right? I mean, we, we turn to food, we turn to smoking, we turn to drinking. It's all that stuff. Listen, I've been through all of it. There is no glory in being in the pain side of your business without the goal of getting to the pleasure side. That's how it works. And 95% of businesses in America, unfortunately, never visualize the pleasure side, and so they end up in the pain side. They stop. They think it's pleasurable when they get this, the, 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 the business cards and the logo and the corporation set up, and they think that triggers pleasure. Unfortunately, that triggers pain. The vision and the execution of the vision is what triggers the pleasure. And for me, it took me 15 years of, of pain to get the last eight years of pleasure. And um, I don't know. I mean, if someone was asking me yesterday, what, what, you know, what do you think? And I said, dude, I have a massive tolerance for pain. I just, I didn't even know how painful it I was. I think that's an unspoken requirement. Yes. Of the pure entrepreneur. If you're actually it is. running a real business. Yep. If you can't handle, if you can't handle the swing, I call. I thought I had a video on YouTube. I talked about the roller coaster, the emotional roller coaster business. It's like, you know, one day I'm happy because yeah. I added another truck, 
and I'm super excited. I get to create another career for somebody. And then the next day, a driver has to fire him because he broke the law and did 21 miles over the speed limit. You know, can't hire, not hireable anymore. So you have these roller coasters of problems and things, you, and, and they, they go, the mountains only get bigger. So as you go up this roller coaster of emotions with, the, with your business, it just gets, I mean, the rewards are greater and the downs are harder. And if you can't handle that, then you're not going to be able to make it to the top of that roller coaster. You're just not. And you don't have to handle it. That's, I think, a big argument that I make in the book, too, which is you don't have to put yourself through that aggravation right. just to call yourself an entrepreneur. Absolutely. M many entrepreneurs can do just as well working for a company in the business that they love versus owning a business in the industry that they supposedly love, right? Because, yeah. dude, I've seen a lot of businesses kill a person's passion, you know? I mean, I've already been in this business for seven years as a driver, um, really didn't start buckling down and focusing on scaling or, or growing it until a year ago. Wow. Five so, trucks in a year. Yeah. That's big, man. And where did that mindset change come from? Um, mostly what I was reading, listening Who are you watching? Who are you listening to? And absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I love your book, by the way, um, because... It hits the nail on the head on finances. I, I started it from scratch. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anybody telling me, hey, do this, do this, line this up, line that up. Yeah. Stop focusing on this. Start focusing on that. I didn't have any of that. So I had a lot of wasted time. And so what I do on YouTube and stuff for free, obviously, I don't have sponsors or anything. What I do on YouTube and Facebook, everything is I'm trying, I, I preach on there like I'm talking to my former self. Because I wish I had somebody like myself to tell, awesome. me, to tell me, hey, knucklehead, stop doing that. You know who I think does that really well, too? I think is Cardone. I think if you really look past what Cardone's doing, he's, he's creating all this content by basically looking back as what would I tell yeah. myself exactly. from 20 years ago. Exactly. I think that's what makes people go so crazy for him. One, it's authentic. Yep. Um, I, there's a lot of things that have happened to me that will have to be put into a book because I, I the emotional stress of even reaching back to what has happened. It's a good call. Is, <laughs> is it's difficult. tough, man. That's tough. Um, I know where you're going I, with that. I did a video not too long ago when I went back to where I grew up in high school, and the video is called High School Outhouse. So we grew up on this old farmstead up in northern Wisconsin, no running water, no electricity. We had outhouse mm. for a bathroom, and the, the memories of, the, of that struggle. It was really hard to make that video. Mm. Um, you know, so Those were bad memories or good memories? Bad. They were. Mm, bad. Uh, I mean, there were some good, but overwhelmingly bad memories. You know, no friends that had to be homeschooled, you know. And, and why? Uh, Just because it was so rural? That and, and you know, my parents' decisions. Um you know, of, of why they didn't want us to go to a public school and that kind of thing. So, um, There were religious decisions? Yeah, it, it was mostly a, they wanted us to be in a Christian school. My mother was a school teacher at the Christian school we were at before. And it just didn't, um, they didn't want to, I guess, take a risk or they had this yeah. huge fear of us uh, being changed in a negative way by going to public school, which... I look back on it and I realize that was stupid. 
Why? Because your isolation created its own sort of world of thought process and everything, too? I was 15 years old. I already had my core makeup of what I believed and what I was indoctrinated with and what I knew was right and wrong. If I went to public school and I was to be, quote-unquote, influenced to do something, if I, I would have made that screw up eventually down the road anyway. Because the moral fortitude had already been put in place. Exactly. So where's home base now? Uh, I'm actually uh, 50 miles southeast of you here. Is your home base? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, right near Gun Barrel City. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. didn't realize that. Yeah, we just moved there last year. Got I had a, no got idea. Got our first house and all that. Wow, I didn't just, realize it's that. It's a nice small place, but keeps the expenses lows and in a place for us to stay for now until we uh, is, actually get to that pleasure side of the business. Yeah, is your business a Texas company, a Texas corp? Um, no? It was organized in Missouri, but it is, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to domesticate it over. Dude, I mean, you picked the right state. I mean, you, you can't do, you can't pick a better state than Texas to choose to do business in it. No state Absolutely. income tax. Regulation is very supportive of business. Cost of living is incredible. Weather, hot, but for the most part, Mild, especially comparison from Wisconsin. That's why Wisconsin. we have Jamie Wait with AC Hero. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about the heat. Call the AC guy. Uh, dude, <laughs> that's that the only guy I know that could make air conditioning sexy, man. But he is doing it, man. He's doing I, it. I love what he's doing, man. I, I do too. Uh, you know, just I think that too. Finding someone that you can watch that's crushing it. Yep. So that makes you wake up and realize that you can crush it too. The key thing to what he does and what you do and what a few other people do, which I'm not so sure we do a good enough job of, is you and he show the audience you doing what you do. It would be like us processing credit applications yeah. every day, which we, yeah. which we could put on camera, but I'm always concerned of what happens if – a bank statement shows up on a computer right, screen yeah. or a, a credit bureau. Confidentiality and I'm, stuff, yeah. Dude, we got stuff that's servered on redundant server with, you know, two firewalls, all kinds <laughs> of stuff. And I, you know, I just think it's all, I would love to go that direction, but people don't understand that, you know, um, we have a real responsibility when we get financial information from somebody that we just can't quite be that. We just we have to be careful. So what does that mean? I mean, because we, we Hank Norman once told me record a hundred percent of everything that goes on in your office and then figure out what goes out later. Okay, sounds good. But what if I'm not there to monitor it and Billy? makes a mistake and all of a sudden there's a video on YouTube of us with a guy's social security number and we don't even know it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So to your credit and Wade's credit, you guys are you guys are showing it's a the blessing. audience. It's definitely a blessing to be able to be in a blue collar line of work where you can actually show the majority of what you do. There's a lot of stuff I can't show just for same reasons you're talking about like driver issues, can't no names, no yeah, yeah, details, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. And because I want to be transparent, but then you have legal issues, right? Which some, which we may not even know <laughs> that exist, right? Yeah, you, you're aware of it once you get sued. Totally, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, I, I, I think Andrew Carnegie once said, "If you're in business and you've never been sued, then you're really not in business." I always love that quote from him. 
So, so let's talk about how this whole thing circles back around as we get close to the close. You and I meet on social. And then we talk about this problem of driver. And you say, I know that it's 100% driver turnover in the trucking industry, but it's 20% for me. And you never put a nickel in advertising for drivers. There's no ads on Craigslist or no. LinkedIn or anything. You're getting drivers because of your personal brand on social who say, I like what you're doing. I want to come and work for you. Absolutely. I think YouTube, Facebook, Instagram is one of the foundational keys to my success is scaling this. <laughs> That's because awesome. That's so literally awesome. the driver I hired in uh, last month, he's, he, he contacted me on Instagram because he watched my videos on YouTube. He sent me a DM on Instagram. I answer every message, by the way, and this is why. He sent me a DM. He's like, hey, man, I got some questions about my lease, my lease I'm in at this company I'm driving for. And I'm like, all right, man, what, what do you got? And he's like, I don't think I'm making enough money. And ended up happening later down the road. I met up with him up in Minnesota, looked at his contract, found out it was a total scam. Wow. Total He's, he was getting screwed over left and right. Bad deal. He was only bringing home 30 cents a mile, hmm. which in the trucking world, that's nothing. I mean, because I start, I, start our, I start our guys at 47 cents, and that's my starting pay. Yeah, I mean, that's 18 you know? bucks an hour. 30 cents is 18 bucks an hour on a 60-mile. Yeah. And you're living in the truck. It was, you know, it, was, it was ridiculous. But the driver I just hired, he, Instagram. Hmm. If I didn't have an Instagram account, never would have hired that driver. Hmm. Driver before that, he was watching my YouTube videos for two plus years. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, so uh, social media has fixed yeah. your driver problem, yes. but you were always looking for more I mean, drivers. It was, it was one of those things where it's like, it just clicked because I never had the intention starting out. Oh, I can use this to get drivers. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, never yeah, the yeah, that yeah, was yeah. never the driving force behind it. Right. So. It just kind of happened organically where people are like, hey, man, if you ever get your own authority or you get another truck, let me know. I want to drive through it. And I'm like, I got so many of those messages. And I was like, and then and then my mindset started changing into more of like, okay, I probably should scale my business because I'm not making enough with one person to have enough money to do what you say in the book. Yeah, There was never going to be enough money to do that. Yep. And so it was just like, okay, so then... Let's go. I start responding, and, and I come over here to RST, and he gives me the opportunity to do it. And so I'm like, all right, let's hammer down and do it. So now I just had three new guys yesterday send me emails, want applications. And RST so, gave you the confidence to do it because of the consistency of the revenue gen. Yeah. You were able to say it's just a math problem now, it's right? It's definitely a piece of the puzzle. Um is the consistency, automation. Yeah. Um, without the level of automation that we have, I would not be able to focus on driver the driver effort. But, yeah, our turnover rate, even with RST, is, is well below 20%. Mm. Because of the consistency of the freight, people can bank on the revenue. And and the core values, the, the environment oh, that we have, Love the, fam- that. the family environment. Like, we have an unconventional way of doing orientation. We fly somebody down in a plane, no Greyhound. My hashtag is 
fuck the bus. Hashtag fuck the bus. We're not putting a driver on a Greyhound bus to come to us. Hmm. Why give? The, why do you want? Why do these companies want the first experience for their driver to be stuck on a Greyhound for three days when you can spend four hundred dollars and fly them to your office and be done with it? They're on the road two days later making mm-hmm. money yeah, yeah, for good. you and for them. Good point. Mm-hmm. There's it's so it's many, small mindedness. There's so many things like that that we do that big companies are missing, mm. and and even other smaller companies are missing. And they're like, oh, I don't know how you guys are doing what you're doing. Well, pay attention. We're laying the blueprints right here. For, we're showing you what we're doing. <laughs> you know? I like that. It's just, uh, you know, but with, with social media, without doing YouTube, I wouldn't be sitting here. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have met the owner of RST. I met him through social media as no well. No kidding. Everything I have right now is linked back. That's awesome. To dude. YouTube. Um, on YouTube, I've got about 9,000 subscribers almost. Um, just hit our first million views. And, and let's talk about the, um, um, the, the, um, the channel name is? It's Woody. Just Woody. Just Woody. If you go on YouTube and you type in the search bar, Woody the Trucker. Woody the Trucker. You will see it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. will come up. Yeah. Um, and sometimes if you type in trucking business, it'll come up too. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... So you had over a million views on your on Woody the Trucker site, uh, Woody the Trucker YouTube page. Yeah, sweet. We just hit just hit the first million, so I'm excited about it. it my goal is not to make money up. My goal is to have an impact. Yeah, I want to have a million subscribers because that will show me I've had an impact in a totally. million people's lives. Dude, it is a scoreboard item. I agree with you totally. It's what frustrates me the most about our lower subscriber rate. It's our lower followers. All that sort of stuff really. Chaps my hide because you it is help a, more people. You want to help more people, and it's a scoreboard issue. The problem is, it's a total pay-to-play game now, right? I just had these guys on the phone, very nice guys yesterday, wanting to help me with it. But you know, they just they everyone is now understanding. Cardone, I think, is spending something like six hundred grand a month just on social ads. Congratulations, because it's working for him. Yeah, but you know, it's a pay-to-play environment now. Organically, you can grow slowly. But if you really definitely been slow, Um, been doing YouTube three years, Mm -hmm. and just now hitting a a, 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 what I consider the first milestone, which is ten thousand subscribers. Yes. Now the subscriber count isn't the most important thing. What's the most important thing is your audience retention. How long are people watching each video? Yeah. My audience retention is over six minutes. Mm -hmm. And what's your average video length? 10 to 12. Okay. So 60, so 50, 60% watch 30, rate. It's a, which is pretty good. If you're above 30%, you're doing good. Mm-hmm. Because people's attention span, especially in today's environment, is really low. Yeah. Um, mm. If you can get somebody to watch your Instagram video for six seconds, you're doing good. Mm. Mm. Got it. Because people are just going, well, you can't see unless you watch the video. But people are just going through their phone. Flick, 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 yeah. flick, 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 flick. Yep. You don't, they don't, they don't yep. watch. Do they stop? Yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy, listen, pleasure to meet you in person. I've been following you on social. I appreciate your support. I support you. I love the way you're looking at at an industry which is so ripe for change, but it really does have a headwind, and the headwind is purely mindset. Everyone wants to talk about it as economics against the industry, and the reality is it's mindset that – will take time to change. And if all of us in trucking aren't careful, it will change by a 22-year-old kid 
who never saw the head cheese, yep. right? He just saw a problem, had a private equity firm behind him, and they built some version of a solution. It's already starting to happen. Hey, I'm 31, but I, my eyes are open, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Great to meet you, buddy. Great to Absolutely. have you in the studio. We'll see you all down the road. That's our episode this week with your host, Matt Monero. Check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. Central as we discuss money, your life, and how you need more money.